gentlemen omar miller here you can find me on twitter at omar miller on instagram at omar benson miller you can find my co-host terry at icons e-y-e-c-o-n-z once again welcoming you to the ozone podcast for adults it is unfair and partial introducing my brother the one and only terry hello everybody hello there it is all right let's jump right into it a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff to cover here I what think you want to start off with. I think I think I want to start with Maria Sharapova. Realistically, Ooh. and I, I'm, I'm I know I'm a tennis head. I know it's not the biggest news for everybody, but I want to get right into it because uh, this is amazing to me. Why is that? Because she's pretty awesome on the all-time list. I was never a big Sharapova fan, but realistically, when I look back at it, this this whole scandal has made me look at her and as an athlete. There's only one person that she couldn't consistently beat. Which is probably the greatest tennis player of all time. Right. I mean, which is hands down. I'm gonna right. I'm putting my hands down. Hands down, greatest tennis player of all time, Serena Williams uh, on the women's side, and she's the only one she couldn't beat. Now, I'll, better than Steffi Graf. Like I said, hands down, greatest tennis player of all time, female side is Serena Williams in my book. Uh, but what my my thing is. She got busted. She came out. She said she didn't know. As usual, there's always a cloud around this kind of thing. You never really know. It's he said, she said. She's saying she's been on this stuff for 10 years. Yeah, 10, 11 years. 10, 11 years for her heart. She's saying she had a, a variety of ailments that her doctor prescribed for. But then we go to the tape, and, and the doctor's like, yeah, I prescribed it for 45 days. Right, and not only that, she was warned five times. This was the part month. that just came out that I didn't oh. know about because I was on her side here. Oh. No. Make them say, oh. shout out to Master P. <laughs> One love with the tank. Uh, mystical too. One love. Anyway, so yeah, man, what, what's happening here? Why, what is going on? Do you think that she juiced? That This thing didn't even seem like juice. I don't even know what it was. Right? But, but <laughs> it just seemed like she got addicted to taking some sort of dope. And it's probably just a mental thing, right? I think it's a mental thing. 10 years, and if you go on their website, it says that it's only to be used in short doses for like up to 45 or 60 days or something. So now long term, what kind of damage do you think it's going to do to her? I don't know. Long term, the damage it's going to do to her is they're talking about <laughs> giving her a two to four year ban out of tennis, which then in turn means she's out the game. Right. But I'm just talking about physically. I don't know. I don't I don't know, dude. How do you pronounce the name of this drug? Oh, uh, this one is Mel- uh, I think it's Melodonol. <laughs> Let's see. Hold oh, on. Oh, 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 we got another oh, We got another Bill Cosby. Oh, oh. Sarah Bova uh, uh, scandal. And and now the thing that that she said, she said it may, you know, seems like it was pretty open like hey, I've been using it and they just changed the rules on me on January 1st. Uh, I didn't know, blah, 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 blah. And I bought it because I was like, well, you know, I bought it do what you do. And then, then they make you feel like an idiot for because buying it. She lied. <laughs> she did lie because they said they have, WADA, Vada has, has warned her no less than five times that, hey, it's coming up. They're going to start, it's banned January 1st. And this is the right. last year. Right. But this is, I think, I know, back in 2014. Year. No, I think they oh, told her that wow. far back. It, it's either it's either earlier, I think it was the summer of 2015 or at the top of 2015 or late 2014. They came out and they told her, hey, look, it, it's if you stay, these are the, this is a list of the new stuff that's getting banned. Right. And she continued on. She kept rocking on. Well, they're saying that um, everybody across all sports is using this drug and it's just like a loophole. Oh, with this is speci- that yes, right? With this specific drug. And tennis just so happens to fill that little loophole. It's meldonium. Uh, sounds like a country. Uh, it sounds a little <laughs> bit like a country. Sounds- I'm from the country of meldonium. <laughs> Bow. <laughs> it kind of sounds a little bit like something in Avatar, uh, like unobtainium. <laughs> but, but then uh, it says, look at this, the Latvian pharmaceutical company that produces meldonium said patients usually require a four to six week course of treatment that may be repeated twice a year, not a decade of continuous use. Wow. 
ouch. And that's the that's the drug company themselves coming out and saying that. That's pretty damning because I thought it was pretty interesting that all of her now she I think she's the top endorsed female athlete on the planet. Right. I think. Twenty million a year. Twenty two, something 22, like that. Yeah. She's making big yeah, right. cheese. And uh and and it seems crazy to me that everybody would just jump ship so quickly. But now as more information starts to unfold on this you thing. You know why? Hey. Hey. This is this is sounding. You're behind the curtain now. Yeah, yeah. You are behind the steel curtain, and there's no uh, Franco Harris to save you. <laughs> it is uh, it is a serious Poop, situation. Yeah, it's serious. And so now we're looking at it, and I'm looking at her situation. You know, of course, she she partially took responsibility by coming out and saying it. Which I think Serena Williams took the high road here. You saw that? Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. And be, she could have came out and bashed her. Like the rest of them have. Yeah. Wow. She I mean, they're going hard on her. But didn't even your man Federer. Oh, I didn't right? hear what he Federer said. He jumped on her team as well. I didn't. No, no, no. I saw Novak Djokovic say oh, he was going to okay, support okay, her. Okay. But I didn't, I didn't. I thought it was Federer. No, but the female athletes, uh, I think it was Sabatini, the female tennis players, and some like other Sabatini. girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For different reasons in her game. <laughs> yeah, but, but, there was, but there was... Uh-huh. Uh, there was other people who came out directly and said, hey, I never had a chance to cheat. My body broke down, and I just had to retire. And, and they are really, really honored. It doesn't seem like she has the support of the tennis community at large. And that's, that's tough because she, I heard her say that she didn't want this to be the way that she retired. But, I mean, it looks like that this is, there's a great chance that this is going to be the way that she, she ends up checking out. Yep. Two to four year ban in tennis, you're already old at like 27. Right. But the thing of it is, like I said before, physically – what kind of benefits is it to taking this drug? You know, I don't know. It but it's got to be superhuman strength. Uh, you know, but if she's using it long term like that, I would have to think that some kind of damage is going to come up later on in her life. Yeah, I agree. But that'll be, remain to be seen. You know, when we're doing the ozone season seventy nine, if uh, Sharapova has any internal damage, I think realistically you just got to juxtapose the idea of is it worth it. You know, that, that's what it comes down to to you, just like we spoke about before about the Jews. Is it worth it? I, I had an interesting thing pop across my mind when I was thinking about this, when I was watching the whole thing and how people are condemning her and people are so upset and whatnot. But I thought about it and I said, you know what? What if the average Joe was random drug tested with every with new rules every year at their job? Right. What if Ernie, our, our sound engineer, wonderful guy, all of a sudden some people came in and said he needed a piss test? And they were like, Ernie... Would you pass? That 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 bubble Ernie wouldn't pass. Ernie wouldn't Dude, pass. Come on, Ernie, man. Come on. Ernie's on the juice. We breaking story. We got it here. We got it here. <laughs> Dude, Ernie. I was wondering how you got it done like that. Come on, man. Ah, uh, Ernie. I'm so disappointed. But you think about it, how many people would lose their jobs? Regular jobs. Forget about their extra endorsements and X, Y, and Z. They'll lose their jobs. You know, it's it's crazy. It's a crazy concept. But I mean, it's making people superhuman, so it, there couldn't be a lot of negatives to it. What do you mean by that? Well, if it's going to make your vision better, if it's going to give you great recovery time, if it's going to make you stronger on a day-to-day, everyone should use it, really, right? Oh, okay. I thought you meant there wouldn't be much. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Listen, if, if something's making you better, that's like saying don't eat broccoli, you know? Right. Uh, but but what can you do? I mean, I think a lot of these things down the road, we're going to find out if it's actually making you better on the long term or if it's a, you know, if it's fool's gold, if it's the short term. Uh, I was thinking about it, and I was like, wow, you know what? I wonder where Maria Sharapova would rank. If she retired now, you know, I mean, the only person that she couldn't consistently beat was Serena Williams. Right. And that's a lot of people. Th- and that's, <laughs> that's a lot of people. But a couple in, of guys, too. In this in this uh, in this generation, I mean, she's pretty spectacular. You know, uh, for me, I don't put I don't I didn't see the heart that I needed out of her to put her in the ranks with the Steffi Grafs and the Monica mm. Sellis and the Chris Everett's. And the Navratilovas, you know, I think there's only a handful of people who are really in that, uh, you know, in that that pantheon there. And now, do you think that that's a time thing? You know, the era that she's played in. Maybe, maybe, but I don't, I don't, I don't think tennis is like uh, the other sports when it comes to era because the rules of tennis haven't changed. So it's not like but the athletes have. Yeah, but the rules haven't. So it's it's not like you know a guy like Roger Federer, right? Mm-hmm. Roger Federer is Roger Federer, and I don't care who he's playing against. Right. Roger Federer is going to be a monster. You know, you, you make the argument he's the greatest of all time. Roger right. Federer is a monster. And that doesn't that translates in tennis. Arthur Ashe would still be a monster if he played today and you got rid of his wooden racket and you gave him, you know. <laughs> the, the wooden racket wasn't what? Hey, what, what, he, he, he could probably still compete, though, because his fundamentals were tremendous. Yeah. You know, and so I don't know if it's a, if it's a generational thing. That's what I'm saying. Where does she rank? I mean, you look at a guy like Mac. Man, John McEnroe is going to ball. Yeah. Because he's got crazy heart. 
Jimmy Connor. Gonna ball. Agassi. Ball. Forget about it. My man, Pete Sampras. Yeah. <laughs> I love Pete. Uh, my Sweet mean, Pete Sampras. Come on. Come on, man. Serving volley was incredible. On his best day, it's not a lot of people beating Pete Sampras. Really. He's, he's, he brought in, he ushered in a different kind of athlete to tennis. Right. The dominant. He's like the Shaquille O'Neal of tennis. He brought in dominance. Crazy 130-mile-an-hour serve, rush the net, and then pound you when, you when you struggle to get it back. That's true. And Agassi still, still balled with him. He banged with him. That was just really unbelievable. The Von Lindels of the world, the Boris Beckers. These guys could play in Stephon any Edberg. era. Forget about it. Edberg, he could play whenever. Finesse game. Nice. Left <laughs> oh, he loves the net, right? <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> oh. Drop shot. Beautiful. Beautiful. Down, down the aisles. Uh, I want to send a shout out right now to 5-4 Clothing. If you don't want to shop all the time and you enjoy looking good, smelling good, and feeling good, go check out 5-4Clothing.com. For $60 a month, you can get $150 worth of clothes. Sounds like a good deal to me, T. Yeah. You know. So we're going to move on. Moving on now. We're going to move into football. Lot of stuff to cover for football. football. Lot of football. What about this dancing with the starts thing? We have a couple of those cats on there. Oh, you did take it. Speak Uh, on it. Antonio Brown and Von Miller. Who do you have? Hey, listen. Now, in the world of conspiracies, they're going to go with Von Miller because Von Miller is everybody's favorite right now. But But if we're talking about, for me, the twinkle toes that I've seen, i got to put my money on Antonio Brown. Nino Brown is serious out there. Both of them are serious competitors. Yeah, but I think as far as as far as what it is that the that the competition requires, I'm I gotta go with the 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 guy that's light on his toes, you know. Ooh. And and Antonio's got crazy footwork. I mean, I got an argument the well. other day. Floor, he's, he's on there with Karina yeah. Smirnoff yeah. with the homie. Yeah, shout out to Shall We Dance. Did a film called Shall We yeah. Dance and uh, came out in 2004 with Jennifer Lopez and. Richard Gere and Susan Sarandon, Stanley Tucci, just all-star cast, Bobby Cannavale, just, yeah. just great, great cast. And uh, and Karina Smirnoff was there. Before Dancing with the Stars, she was there, and she was there to help us out, to teach me how to dance, get my twinkle toes together. Right, it Tony nice. Devalani as well, right? Tony, Tony, side, side to side, side Devalani yeah. was out there, uh, hit him. The moves were serious. <laughs> but it's funny, because you go out to the club with those guys, and they don't know how to turn off the professional dancer and just like dance casually like, <laughs> when the Bee Gees come on. Oh. It's still choreographed moves. Right. I'm making moves. It's like, damn, all right, man, calm down. You got it. It's all good. You did it. So, so yeah, so, you know, big news. We got Peyton Manning retiring. It's big. I mean, the sheriff is riding off into the sunset yeah. with his second Super Bowl in tow. Now, I was just... Hearing that he might have not retired if they would have known that Brock Eisweiler was going to leave. How about them apples? That puts them under the gun. Brock shook on him. Hey, Brock wanted to get his cheese. No, Brock was bitter. Bitter benching. Was he? Yes. Is that what we found out? That's what we're finding out. Brock was Brock bitter. Didn't appreciate. bitter benching. Come on, man, because Brock is saying to himself, I could have had that Super Bowl ring. Right. Right. Because Brock actually one, still, dimed. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, he could have got he got him one, he, but he could have got, got one he, as the as Exactly, the, as the backup, but he yeah. got them there. He sure did because he beat the Patriots. He beat the Patriots, and he beat the Patriots. Yes. He did a, he did a good yeah. job. And they didn't give him his props. They didn't they disrespected him, and he's making them pay now. Because now they don't have a quarterback. They're looking they're trying to pick up Cap, I heard. I heard they're looking at Colin Kaepernick. That's that's a desperate <laughs> move. That's a desperate measure. Right, because Blaine Gabbert benched him, right? Yeah, but yeah. somehow or another they didn't release him from that deal, which surprised me because there was a situation where if they would have released him, they wouldn't have been on the hook right. for that crazy dough that they owe him, that you know that crazy deal they signed. And he wouldn't have been on the hook this year for I think it's sixteen million or something like that. And and they uh, and and they didn't, you know. But nowadays that's a bit, you know, that's not big money for a quarterback, and he's considered not top tier, but close to it with that kind of potential. What do you mean it's not big money for a quarterback? Who's making more than who? Well, the franchise the, tag is giving you 14, right? Yeah, but with these guys, what they're talking about, they're signing all these young guys now, the backups and everything. Some of these backups are getting 14, which is ridiculous. Really? Yes. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to, we got a caller on the line. We got, uh, we got, I think we got Trucker Dave just trying to get a hold of us here. Hello. Trucker Dave. Hey, hey. hey, Trucker Dave. Welcome to the Yo Zone. Hey. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's happening out there? Oh, we're looking for your opinion <laughs> right? is what's right? going on. Trucker Dave, you tell us. What's going on across America right now? How does it look out there, and where are you? Colorado just got pulled over. Oh. But uh, it's all good. America's beautiful. Land <laughs> of the free, home of the brave. There right. it is. And, and, it's, and it's huge. And we're going to make America <laughs> great again with this phone call. 
Yeah, that's what we try to do right here. <laughs> okay, so let's let's cover it. Uh, that trucker Dave, we're on football right now. We're talking about Peyton Manning uh, uh, riding off into the sunset. Two-time uh, uh, Super Bowl champ, five-time MVP, holds crazy records. He's leaving, and what we're talking about is the void that that leaves Denver with and that Brock Osweiler shook out to the Texans, and we hear it's because he was bitter that he didn't get to play, uh, you know, to, to win the Super Bowl. What do you think about that? Well, it's, uh, you know, that puts Denver in a bind. I mean, I just throw their contention out, you know. I feel guys go back for guys like uh, – you know, like Emmanuel Sanders and uh, the other skilled position players, because now you don't even really have a chance uh, winning the uh, Super Bowl without having a, you know, a proven quarterback. And I guess Brock felt like he was disrespected. He got more guaranteed money in, in Houston. So that's the direction that he went with. And you know what? I liked what I saw to Brock Osweiler when, yeah. uh, when he played. Yeah. I do too. I mean, you're going to go with somebody that's proven or somebody who, uh, from college, that you're going to. Uh, Wait to see. I mean, he's, he's proven in his seven starts that he's a winner, and uh, I would have paid him. Kind of harkens me back to Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow right. didn't do nothing but win, and uh, he he didn't get a chance to and prove he can't anything. Get a job. He can't he can't buy a job. Yeah. I think that's more political than anything else. But you know, I agree. Yep, yep, yep. You got to play the game, and well, uh, and and along with that game, I'm looking at what do you think about Peyton Manning's legacy. I think his legacy is great. I mean, I don't think he has anything to be ashamed of. I mean, I mean, his record looks a lot better at two and two in the Super Bowl than one and three or one and four. Had he had lost, it would have been one and four. Ouch! Uh, yeah. Had he had lost that Super Bowl game, but I always thought that, that you know that they were going to win anyways because I think he slowed the game down in his mind and he made enough plays to to win those the playoffs in the Super Bowl. He knew what he was doing, and you know what? In that, you actually have to applaud John Elway for what it is that that he did make the call to to bring him back and to bench Osweiler, realistically. Right, because they just wanted a guy who can manage the game. And he did that, yeah, efficiently. Did that. It was ugly at times, but he did it. He didn't but turn the ball over. That's true. what you got to look at. Well, he turned, he turned, no, he turned the ball he over. Turned the ball he turned the ball over, but he, but he didn't turn over it, the big ball. You know, and the defense, he was able to lean on the defense to get it done. Now, what else I want to talk about? There's another enormous name that retired to much less fanfare because he's much less of a public figure, if you will. You don't see him on every other commercial when you watch the game. But he's arguably the greatest receiver of all time. I think you can argue. He owns a lot of records. He owns a lot of records. And we spoke to William Gay, one of his direct competitors constantly. Yes. We're talking about Calvin Johnson. What do you think? about him where he ranks in that greatest of all time uh, conversation because uh, the, the, he, he, when you watch Calvin Johnson in his prime there was nothing that Calvin Johnson couldn't do two guys on him whatever three even you know? at the line I mean if you got to put two and three guys on the person just like they did with Lawrence Taylor um, that means that that you're a first ballot Hall of Famer which was Terrell Owens but that was political against so yeah, they got to knock it off. They got to knock these politics off in sports. There's no way that that, that Terrell Owens shouldn't be in, in the Hall yeah. of Fame first ballot. Don't forget about it. I was at the game when he broke that single game uh, reception record, which, by the way, was a game uh, was supposed to be Jerry Rice's last game at Candlestick. And uh, and I think he had 22 receptions or something. I mean, you couldn't stop this dude. He was catching everything. He was catching flies out of the air. He was catching footballs. This guy caught a cold. He could catch everything that was coming that day. I know, I saw that game. I think he caught 23 balls. Might have been 23. I think 22 was a record. I think he caught 23 balls, Trucker Dave. Good work. Now, what I want to talk about as well with you is, you know, this Calvin Johnson retirement, there's unquestionable similarities to Barry Sanders, another player who retired with much more in the tank, everybody felt like. What do you think the Lions organization does to people to make them just want to give it up? First of all, you got to go back to Matt Millen and, all the way back to even Barry Sanders. It's just not an organization that takes winning first. So, you know, it's like a cancer in the front office that bleeds down to the players. And if you're a, a talent like him, you know, that losing, you know, it eats at you. And if you're a winner and you're losing all the time, you just probably start to look at it like, you know, what am I doing to myself? I mean, my long-term health is not going to be good. I'm not the player that I once was. So why I have financially so why should I keep this walk away just like Barry Sanders did similar to the top of their game and 
So just like Peyton Manning doesn't have anything to be ashamed of. He definitely doesn't have anything to be ashamed of because anybody who watched Megatron knows that he wow. made Stafford better. Wow. He made everybody who threw to him better, and he made the defense a lot worse. <laughs> wow, and now Marvin Jones is supposed to take his place. Really? Well, uh-huh. That's a pretty good upgrade. Yeah. It's a really, really good upgrade to get Marvin Jones. I want to talk about Mario Williams going to the Miami <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You feel that? Like every weight coming off of one side, Mario Williams coming off the other side, and you got a Dominican consumer in the middle? Come right. on, man. The Dolphins just made big moves. And I think that the front office down there, you know, I, I like to parlay in Miami myself. So you can catch me at the stadium at Sun Life. But I believe that the front office took some notes from the Denver Broncos last year and saw that you can actually get to where you want to go. You can get to the promised land if you have a game manager. And the question is, is whether or not their quarterback is going to be able to manage games because it's going to be hard to get past that defense, man. Right. That, that defense is serious. Uh-oh, looks like we lost Trucker Dre. Gonna but have to the, give him, he'll call back. Yeah, but Baltimore and Tampa Bay, they both ushered that in, you know? Sure did. Because you had Trent Dilfer and who, and you had Trent Dilfer that was, um, you know, a manager. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Rich Gannon wasn't like a great quarterback. He was good. He wasn't great, but he managed the game as well. I disagree with you on that. As a part of the Raider Nation, Rich Gannon <laughs> yeah. actually, Rich Gannon actually balled, and he he threw the ball a lot, and he threw to some great receivers. He wasn't really a game manager, but he came up against that Buccaneers defense. It didn't matter that who you were. The, yeah, and they had the signs as well. Yeah, because they just lost their coach and they didn't change anything. So that was a <laughs> bonehead move on the nation. But that I don't know where Rich Gannon fits into that. But we're talking about. I agree that that that, that whether it's Trent Dilfer. Uh, whether it was uh, who was the who was the quarterback for the for the for the Ravens that year that they won? Kyle, you got that for us? Who's the quarterback for the yeah. year that year that the Ravens won? It wasn't Trent Dilfer. As soon as it pops up, we're gonna be like, oh yeah, and that's that's the kind of quarterback that manages the game. There's nothing wrong with that. They got you there for that reason to manage the game, you know. And he's doing it. And and if you get the ring, that's what matters. But just like Trucker Dave said, you're looking at Mario Williams on one side. You're looking at Indomica Sue in the middle. Uh, uh, you, this is a serious, serious situation. You can look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Baltimore Ravens who ushered that uh, that crazy defense and just somewhat mediocre offense era in to win a Super Bowl. Well, I think what they need to do, too, is like, like they're going to lose Lamar. I heard that he might be going to Houston. But I would, what I would do in this situation is I would upgrade my offensive line so Tannehill has a little bit more time to pass and uh, see if this deal goes through with Kiko Alonso and, uh, and Maxwell from Philadelphia because his shoulder is supposed to be the reason why uh, that's holding up that deal. Because if you get those two players, especially Alonso at middle linebacker, you're looking at a defense similar to what uh, – Denver has, but Denver just lost a couple of pieces with Trevathan and uh, and Jackson leaving the Jacksonville. So they're probably going to look towards the draft to rebuild that team. That's a good point. It's a good point. What do you got? Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. It was Brad Johnson who, who got the job done, who's made a, a fine career from what I understand uh, afterwards. But... You know, I, I think that's a that's a, the Dolphins just made some serious upgrades and very quickly, as did the Texans. Let's talk about the Texans because the Texans have defense if if they're serious, and now they got a little bit of offense to support that. You got Lamar Miller going down there, and you got Osweiler. I think the Texans could be serious, and you know everybody in the NFL is one injury away from ruining their season, but they could pull it together and actually make a run at, at hosting their own Super Bowl. They have one of the best receivers in football. And you got yet yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, and what's going to end up happening is one of these days, these younger guys with the older ones retiring are going to start to break through and start to win some of these games. Guys like Tom Brady and all of these other veterans are not going to be around Drew Brees forever. And one of these young quarterbacks are going to step up. Look at what Tennessee just did with uh, getting DeMarco Murray down there. So you got the number one pick in the draft. You got your quarterback in Marcus Mariota. Now you can look at, hey, do we want to go offensive linemen? You can take one of the best offensive linemen in the draft, and then you start building up, and pretty soon a guy like Marcus Mariota is in the same position that a Peyton Manning was in. Exactly, with right. a lot more athleticism and a lot more upside. And I think they're going to go offensive line because I read that they're going to uh, run DeMarco Murdy out of the eye. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, it's a great position for him because he's going to get those carries. 
that um, that he needs. You know, they they consider him a downhill running back, but if you put an offensive line in front of him with a quarterback that can read defenses, that's pretty good upside. I like what Jacksonville is doing too. Jacksonville is building up the team to where you know you're going to start to see guys like um, uh, what's his name, the quarterback down there, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, and, and Marcus Mariota. They're going to take the next step in their career. The problem with football is it's changed so much that you don't get the four years that you used to when you came out of college to hold the flipboard. They look at a guy like, uh, what's the name down in uh, Indianapolis, Andrew Luck, and they expect everybody to come in and to light it up, just like RG did. But the thing, the problem with a guy like RG3 is that you have to be able to read the defense. And, and uh, Colin Kaepernick also. Same problem Cap had. Right. And then once the defense recognizes that you can't read them, they throw all kind of disguises and spies on you, and next thing you know, you got major problems. Yeah, and the rumor is that R- um, RG3 wants to go to the Rams. That's a pretty good fit for him with a guy like uh, Jeff Fisher. Yeah, and Todd you know, Gurley. Pretty- and with a city like Los Angeles. And on defense also. But with the way that the draft is this year, it's heavy in the defensive line. So those pieces that you lose, you can pick them up in the draft. So you really have to pay attention to the draft if you're going to be successful. You really have to pay attention to the draft. Now, do you think that's why they released James Laurinaitis? Maybe it could be because of that or the salary caps. They also released Chris Long, um, a couple of other guys. But you know what? You've got a guy in Jeff Fisher who can develop talent on defense. So he looked at it like, you know what, I can replace these guys, you know. Right, that's his strong suit. That's his strong suit right there. You know, so you've got your running back in place. You've got your defense in place. So now what do you got to get in place? So you're building a team similar to building a car. There you go. Going to hit you with a couple more questions since we got you on the line here, Trucker Dave. want to talk about the uh, the nature of, of, of uh, this Tom Brady deflate gate suspension double jeopardy, in my opinion. Because it seems like they're on a witch hunt for uh, for Tom Brady, and they right. will not be denied. Roger Goodell was sunned last year, as they right. say, and he didn't doesn't seem like he appreciates it much at all. Now he's coming back strong. What do you think about it? I know you're a big Patriots supporter, big Tom Brady supporter. What do you think about the Pats moving forward with Tom Brady and his extension? And uh, who's really going to challenge him in the AFC at this point with Peyton Manning riding off? I think what happened down in New England is I just think the Chiefs, he might as well just take the uh, the suspension. But I think in the back of my mind what's going on is he doesn't really want to take the suspension because you can take a guy like people aren't high on, but I've watched him a lot, like Jimmy Garoppolo. If he plays the first four games and he goes three and one, there you go. You may be – that right there could be signaling Tom Brady out of New England. It just Things can happen that fast. Why do you think Brett Favre – never really wanted to miss any games because he knows that uh, or knew that, you know, you can lose your job that fast in the NFL. That's a good point. You have to watch and see what Cincinnati is going to do, but they're going to lose some pieces. There's a team that mentally doesn't have it. Um, You never really know until the season starts. You really got to watch training camp, follow the draft, follow free agency. I like what the Jets just did. And from what I heard, they picked up Matt Forte. I think New England. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's big. Yep. I like that a lot, and I also like that the Raiders picked up uh, Bruce Irvin. I like I like the, the nation making that move. The nation is building up on their uh, on their defense, and I like to see that because really we were about two games away from the playoffs last year, and there was about four games that the Raiders could have pulled out that it just seemed like youth and inexperience, you know, didn't allow them talent. to win. They got a lot of young talent, and I believe in Derek Carr. Yeah. He slings it, man. He just needs some. Uh, I, nope. I think he needs some. He needs some help, but he needs a little bit of guidance. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't know who Derek Carr got to study under for his four-year clipboard time, like like Trucker Dave was saying. You know what I mean? Nobody fits the Raiders. Exactly. It was it was actually me. I was out in the street. I was designing plays for Derek Carr. He was taking notes, and uh, it didn't work out well for him. <laughs> but but and another thing you got to look at is like you know what? If you're a guy like Colin Kaepernick, for example, he had Kurt Warner work with him in the offseason. Now. From what I understand, he's not supposed to be one of those guys that gets there first and leaves late. He's supposed to be, like, you know, just going on his raw talent. Or he three, the same. I heard he didn't even get along with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So you have to put the work in because, like, you're at the highest level of competition in the world. So you just can't just rely on your college talent anymore. No. And, you know, you, you, you got to make those next steps if you want to be great, you know. 
And, and some guys just don't want to be great. Some guys are okay with $15 million to ride the pine and not take any snaps. Well, they feel and, like that's great. It is great. <laughs> if somebody's going to pay I mean, you, it's totally great, right? <laughs> if somebody's going to pay you fifteen million dollars to sit on the bench, it, it realistically your your health isn't in danger. RG three actually may come back stronger because he got a year to heal up. Finally, should yeah, be around too, right? Because he didn't get to play the year before. I'm sorry. Say that again. I mean, Warren Sapp was right. Does this guy even like football? This is a good. Have, this is uh, a good question. Yeah. And there's not many times where you're going to be able to say Warren Sapp was right. <laughs> Does this guy like what he's doing? Does this guy really want to do this? So that's what you got to look at. I mean, or is this guy just out here to get his check, to shut it down like Johnny Brazil? And uh, there you go, man. I mean, the NFL will move on without you. It sure will. Last thing, I, I like what Tampa's doing down there, too. Tampa re-signed the, the NFL's second uh, leading rusher, Doug Martin, down there. And I, I believe in this kid famous Jameis, man. I think he's going to yeah. be a winner. He pulled out some games last year that he probably shouldn't have won. And I think if they can – Mike Evans balled last year with him. If they can get themselves together and get some sort of defense, you could potentially see some noise being made down there. I think Florida's got a bright future for the NFL this year. Right. Yeah. I mean, they really do. And what I don't like about the new NFL is like a guy like Jameis Winston put all the upside. They won't give you that time to develop. You know, they're quickly to call you a bust now. They like, sure well, are. Yeah. Come on, man. Really? I just came out of college. You know I'm a bust? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, Trucker Dave, we're happy you were able to call in. Be careful out there on the roads and keep making America great. Yep. Be safe, bro. All right. Peace out, y'all, guys. Late. Peace. Friend of the Ozone there, Trucker Dave. It's always good to have a caller come in. We, we, got, a, we got a whole cast of crew here, man, that people, they really know what they're talking about. They want to be heard, and I got a feeling that some of you out there feel the same way that they do. Trucker Dave offers a great perspective on the game. Right. Really, on the state of the game, and not just the game, the politics, you know, playing the game, if you will, outside of the lines. And there's a lot that goes on, and it's, it's, uh, it's a little disappointing. You know, and along those lines, going to move on here. First off, we want to give a, one of our sponsors a shout-out to Gorilla Life. Keeping us healthy and keep your blood pressure together. It's a great drink, chlorophyll-based drink called Gorilla Life. It's simple. Chlorophyll plus water plus sweetener. Drink Gorilla Life. It's a jungle out there. Go to GorillaLife.com and figure out how to make your life better. Now, I want to move on back to baseball, our favorite sport. I want to move on because we got a lot of stuff going on in the major leagues, and we have a lot to talk about here. Uh, one of the things that I want to talk about I want to talk about something that uh, that that icons and I were having a great conversation about, and it's in every sport. But uh, you know what? Well, let's let's read a little bit of what Bryce Harper had to say, and uh, you know, Bryce Harper had something to say that that'll lead us into what it is that you're talking about. Bryce Harper said, and I quote: "You can't do what people in other sports do." I'm not saying baseball is, you know, boring or anything like that, but it's the excitement of the young guys who are coming into the game now who have flair. If that's Matt Harvey or Jacob deGrom or Manny Machado or Jock Peterson or Andrew McCutcheon or Yasiel Puig, there's so many guys in the game now who are so much fun. Jose Fernandez is a great example. Jose Fernandez will strike you out and stare you down into the dugout and pump his fist. And if you hit a homer and pimp it, he doesn't care because you got him. That's part of the game. It's not the old feeling. Hurrah. If you pimp a homer, I'm going to hit you right in the teeth. No, if a guy pimps a homer for a game-winning shot, I mean, sorry. <laughs> you know, so so Harper goes on to say, if a guy pimp pumps his fits at me on the mound, I'm going to go, yeah, you got me. Good for you. Hopefully I get you next time. And that's what makes the game fun. Football, basketball. Look at those players. Steph Curry, LeBron James. It's exciting to see those players in those sports. Cam Newton. I love the way Cam goes about it. He smiles. He laughs. It's that flair, the dramatic. Now, what do you think about, in all sports, the way that the game is changing? Well, it's the old-school mentality that's really bringing the sports down at this point. And uh, what's going on is that these old guys can't get over. There's a paradigm shift in sports. They have to literally let these guys play and enjoy the game, and they don't want to do that. So Goose Gossage came out and said that Jose Bautista, slugger for the Toronto Blue Jays, is a fucking disgrace to the game. Goose not holding his tongue. He said he's embarrassing to all the Latin players. Whoever played before him, throwing his bat and acting like a fool, like all those guys in Toronto. Cespedes, same thing. Uh, and and Joey Bats, he took a classy route. He, he, he heard about the comments. They asked him about it. Of course, they jammed him up trying to stir up some controversy. Right. And he said, you know what? Goose is a great ambassador for the game. 
Uh, I don't agree with him. I'm disappointed that he made those comments, but I'm not going to get into it with him. I would never say anything about him, uh, no matter what he said about me. I have too much good stuff to worry about, uh, his comments. <laughs> Today's my first game of the spring. I'm getting ready for a new season, and hopefully we'll whoop some more ass. <laughs> <laughs> and take names. <laughs> Joey Bats. Joey signed Joey Bats. Yeah, but you know what? Gossage is out of line. I mean, because if you go to the World Baseball Classic, you'll see that the fans from every country or whatnot enjoy the game for what it is. They're beating drums. They're running banners through the seats and everything else. And in America, you have to act like you don't enjoy the game. You hit a home run, you have to put your head down to run the bases. Act like you've been there. Yeah. That's I haven't been there. I haven't been there. Not this time. I just hit the bomb, dude. <laughs> I just hit the bomb. I just I haven't it. been there. I want to enjoy it. Can I pimp around the bases? Come yeah. on. One flap down. I mean, a lot of these guys, you just have to let them play and enjoy the game. You talk about Puig. Uh, Puig is, you know, he hasn't got his game together yet, but Puig is, he enjoys the game. You can watch him when he plays. He's enthusiastic, enthusiastic about the game. So, you know, he might miss his cutoff or something like that. He goes hard into the bags. He'll jump up and pump his arms and whatnot. But you can't get mad at the guy because he enjoys playing the game. It's a, it's a, it's He's a, a grown man playing the kid's game. That's it. And you paid millions. Come on, dude. What do you want from him? Who's, who's got him? it better than Puig? Really? And, yeah. and and the whole situation is interesting because this, there seems to be a, a really distinct line between the new school and the old school frame of thought on this. And and Gossage continued with something that I do actually agree. Let's, let's, let's hear what he had to say here. It's a joke. The game is becoming a freaking joke because of the nerds who are running it. I'll tell you what has happened. These guys played rotisserie baseball at Harvard or wherever the fuck they went, and they thought they figured the fucking game out. <laughs> they don't know shit. A bunch of fucking nerds running the game. You can't slide into second base. You can't take out the fucking catcher because Posey was in the wrong position, and they're going to change all the rules. You can't pitch inside anymore. I'd like to knock some of these fuckers on their ass and see how they would do against pitchers in the old days. Ryan Braun's a fucking steroid user, and he gets a standing ovation on opening day in Milwaukee. How do you explain that to your kid after throwing people under the bus and lying through his fucking teeth? They don't have anyone passing the fucking torch to these people. If he acted like that, you don't go in that fucking dugout. There's going to be 20 fucking guys waiting for you back in my day. So, you know, it's, it's uh, wow, it's very interesting. And the last thing that Goose said, uh, so we can stop our cussing tirade, gossip, wow. Ooh, geez. Potty mouth. Potty mouth, the Let's sailor. Potty. <laughs> Goose, the sailor. Uh, uh, he says the guys, uh, they have been created from the top from their computers. They're protecting these kids. The first thing a pitcher does when he comes off the mound is ask, how many pitches do I have? If I had asked that fucking question, they would have said, son, get your ass out there on that mound. If you get tired, we'll come and get you. The game is and, – and so basically he's saying that, uh, you know, the things, that, the things that I do agree with Goose about is, is that – Sabermetrics? That and the pitch count. Yeah. The pitch count, and he said it. He said the pitch count is directly causing injuries in all these kids because they're all getting babied. The reason right. you get a hose, ladies and gentlemen, the reason you can throw the ball 95, 98, and more than that From is because throwing. you throw every day. Every day. Every single day. As much as you can, as long as you can, as far as you can. And you run. And you run. You throw, you run, you swim. And your arm is going to be electric. Yeah. The ball's going to start doing stuff you had no idea it could do. But then when you get into an organization, they want to change things. They want to modify. And then next thing you know, you got a bum wing. Next thing you know, you got a bum wing. Yeah. It's a very, very interesting situation. And so, you know what? We actually have uh, somebody, a very, we have a, we have a sports radio legend that wants Don't to come in. Don't tell me. Live on the Ozone, we have a sports talk legend who likes to lie about New England sports. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Boston, <laughs> the Boston Mike. Whoa, Boston Mike don't tell on. me, say it ain't so, Boston Mike. It ain't so. Now, listen. Sally Jenkins has nothing to do with Boston sports. She's a sports writer for the Washington Post. And she wrote a damning article about Goodell and his lawyer, Paul Clement, who, who lied, who lied to the, to the federal judges on that appeal. He lied and repeated uh, um, Goodell's untruths. Now, it's gone so far as that there was a 12-year-old boy in Lynn this past summer who his science project was do the, uh, does the ideal gas floor applied to footballs. And a 12-year-old boy named Ben Goodell, no relations to the commissioner, proved that Tom Brady did not cheat. The Patriots did not cheat. But the Patriots, I'll tell you this, how concerned are they about Brady maybe being suspended for four games? They're so concerned that they redid his contract so that his base pay for this year and next year is $1 million. So if he is out of quarter of a season, it's about 235000 Wow. 
Oh, like, oh, we lost Boston Mike in the middle of a of a great rant. I mean, I mean, Boston Mike, he, he came on. That's what you call coming on hot. That's what you call coming. <laughs> he dove what, in. That's what you call, hey, dude, there's no water in the pool. Don't go. He dove in jackknife. <laughs> jackknife. Pool's drained. Hold on. Uh, uh, boss and Mike, Boss and Mike, you got too amped up and they had to cut you off. Verizon just shut you down right there. Get right back in it. I'm sorry. So they're so right, concerned. So 200000 a year if he gets suspended. Back at you. All right. So uh, now, all right. Now, getting back to my Patriots, okay. Dollar Bill, who is the best 99-cent store shopper in America, he is the best GM on day three, four, five of the free agency draft. I see him looking at low-end, low-end Rod Stryker from uh, the Oakland Raiders. Mm. You know who I'm talking about? He's mm-hmm. a great little receiver. Uh, listen, He's falling out of favor. He's I, falling he out of has, favor especially because Amari Cooper is right. taking all his shine. Sure, sure. And you know what? Also, their uh, offense is going in a different direction. Also, I, I like maybe picking up Dwayne Allen okay. from, the, from the Colts on the cheap, 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 cheap. And you know who my sleeper is also? Anquan Bolden. Really? Oh, really? I, might, I think he might have a little gas left in his tank. And he is one of those possession receivers that would be a stud with Tom Brady. Fight for balls in the end zone. He would. He's a big dude. He, and he shows up big in the big games. Now, what well, we're... he does. He... No, sorry, yep. go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I mean, I have a few other ones. I mean, just, I, I think the C.J. Uh, Anderson, I think that's blowing smoke. Maybe but Benny Cunningham might be a running back that they might be looking at. James Starks is another one that I think that um, Green Bay might have a tough time trying to re-sign him. Okay. Now we want to we want to move on really quickly though because you know what we called you 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 gave us a call actually we want to move on because you called us while we were in the middle of a baseball talk whereas we're talking about really yes did you see these comments that Goose Gossage just made? No, I did not. Well, let me give you a sum up real quick. Goose Gossage just said that the game has become a freaking joke because of the nerds who were running it. It's a bunch of guys who played rotisserie baseball at Harvard, wherever the fuck they went, and they thought they figured the fucking game out. They don't know shit. You can't pitch inside. Guys are showboating around. They look like idiots. I'd love to knock some guys on their ass and see how they do against the old school pitching. Pitch counts are bullshit. This is basically Goose Gossage's narrative. And at the same time, at around the same time, Bryce Harper, the phenom out of uh, Washington, D.C., came out and said, hey, yeah. we need the young guys to come out with this flair, the, the, this flair for the, the Puig, the, the Cespedes, the Bautista, the, the Matt Harveys, the Jose Fernandezes who make the game interesting. And what we were in the middle of speaking about was what is the new school versus the old school going to do because in all sports now there's a paradigm shift that's happening where there's a new, there's a changing of the guard, not only of the actual names and faces, but of the way that these games are played. Where do you fall on that, Boston Mike? Now, I'm an old schooler, and that's why I'm so happy that the Boston Red Sox signed David Price, who also is an old schooler. He'll be just glad to throw one right at your head and then throw <laughs> one over the plate. <laughs> <laughs> now, Scoose Gossage, uh, to me, I, listen, as a diehard Red Sox fan, when that plane went down with Munson, I was hoping that the rest of the team was on it. Jeez, I'm not going to Mike, that's too far. I don't even, I don't even, I don't even think that we can air that. Jeez, Mike, what are you doing? Oh, wow. I was a young boy. They broke my heart. It was August 1st, 1979. I'll never forget it. My I father walked it. into my bedroom, and he said, uh, Thurman Munson was just killed in a plane crash, and my response was, who else is on the plane? Because I wanted Dick Chidrow dead. I wanted, um, I wanted them all dead. Chris Chandler's dead. I want. I wanted the whole team. I couldn't stand them. Jeez. They ruined my childhood, <laughs> along with the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> you need therapy, dude. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, what's going to happen with my my Red Sox? I, I, I think. Uh, I think they're going to win the division. Honestly. Oh, I'm, I'm worried about the corners. I'm worried about the corners. Yeah, but you I'm have Brock Holt that. and a couple other young guys that you can stick out there. But I think they're going to win the division. Travis and Brock Holt would be better than Pablo. And I think he ate a panda bear. Pablo <laughs> ate the panda bear. He's so big. And Haley Ramirez, and the owner's saying that he was at 17% body fat. 17%. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, I'm worried, like, in the outfield, um, I, defensively, I think we have the best outfield in baseball. I think probably one of the best defensive outfielders to probably ever be in baseball. Really? Who, 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 did you guys, you guys sign Willie Mays? <laughs> Jackie Bradley's uh, well, I, dead I, I nice, think, huh? JB, I think JBJ might be better than Willie Mays. He's the best center fielder I've ever seen play. 
this is, I, I, ladies I and gentlemen, this is where this is where a friend of the ozone in Boston, Mike. You know, just like with Laker Quick, these guys they bleed. In this case, he bleeds red and black. I'm telling you right now, I've never seen any. He has a the arm. Mike, is, you're being is, ridiculous. Movement, you're being ridiculous. I've never seen a better player. Better play than King Griffey. He's better. He's better than King Griffey Jr. Mike, come on, man. Uh, better let's get on right. He couldn't he, carry his jockstrap. No, my God. <laughs> he, he's better than Freddie Lynn. He's better than Freddie Lynn. And he, he's better than, I mean, yeah. this guy is phenomenal. You're, yeah, you're, and, and, I, and I, I love Bettis. And, um, but, I mean, you know, can JBJ hit me on uh, majors? I don't know. He's, he's tearing it up this spring. So, um, and O'Panda got his first hit today. Yeah, four errors. He has more errors than hits. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> by the way, the the, the Pirates yeah. outfield is smashing. The the right. The, the Pirates outfield is probably the best outfield in baseball. When I just think of it off the top of my head, right? Oh, all around, all around, but not defensively. That, yes, that defensively. And, and just, no, 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 no. Andrew McCutcheon, Gold Glover. Andrew McCutcheon uh, is the best center fielder in the game, in my opinion, including yeah, I, bar none, I, including Mike Trout. I think JBJ is better than either one of them. He should have won this rookie year, should have won the Golden Glove. He had the highest percentage, but because of the politics, they didn't give it to him. He only played about 60 games. He batted uh, under the <laughs> Which, let's be say, 60 games out of <laughs> not 162 is not, is not accurate enough to be able to figure out what's going on. But he, I'm telling you right now, he's the best. You, you'll be surprised this year. And Christian Vasquez is going to come back after having Tommy John surgery, and he will win your Golden Glove behind the plate also. Now, I'm interested but to see what he does. Oh, Swihart is a, is a, a potential first baseman. I, I, I he's a, he's a, a, a great catcher. The one two, even Hannigan's not that bad. But uh, the one two of, of Swihart and Vasquez, Vasquez can't hit, hit his way out of a paper back, but he, he he can catch. He can catch. He's one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. Well, so you know, let's talk about the starting that. rotation. Yeah, I was going to say the sleeper on your whole squad is Henry Owens. Uh, you think Henry Owens? You know what? Um, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking Joe Kelly. I'm thinking Joe Kelly myself. Hey, Joe, Joe Kelly, Kelly, actually, is, he seemed like he got himself together right. in the second half of last season. Second half of last year, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. All right. And, and um, Erod, Erod, you know, obviously. I like Erod. Yeah. I like now. that kid. I picked him up in my fantasy. I like that kid, Erod. But he's not going to start the yeah. season, though. Yeah. No, he's not. But, I mean, he's not that many games off. And Henry Owens is fine. He's a left-handed pitcher with two pitches. I mean, he doesn't throw. He doesn't, he's not overpowering. I, I almost take Stephen Wright or, or the, the kid that they got from um, uh, Elasis um, uh, from um, from uh, Seattle last year. Oh, uh, they, they uh, got him in the Ronis. trade. Um, oh, Ronis, Ronis yeah. Elias. That, I like that kid. Yeah, Ronis Elias. That kid can pitch. Yeah, yeah I, he I can. Like but, but you know what? All of them are unproven at the major right. league level. So you, you you have a lot of projections sure. going on there. But I like Kimbrel, and I like Kimbrel and Koji at the back right. of that uh, at the back of that bullpen. I have right. to say, I really do like that. I love it. I love it also. I, I listen. I, I, Kimbrel can, is a stud. Oh, and, just, and forget about it. Yeah, and, and, and Smith also. You know, I like that. Like Big Carter. I, he, really good, really good, Joe. And they have a lot of young guys. They can, people forget they have Smith can toss it. He can throw some heat. So obviously, obviously can um, Campbell. But um, 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 Robbie Ross Jr. and, and uh, Bonds, those guys can play too. And, and uh, Workman is a Workman. You know, now, but you tell I me think, this. Tell me this. What do you believe about Dave Dombrowski? Do you believe Dave Dombrowski was a problem over in Detroit, or do you think he's going to be the solution in Boston? I, well, you know, he was wonderful in Florida, and and um, uh, as long as he, but, well, like I'm manager, marrying uh, people from the media. But, right, what um, can you do? That's his <laughs> private business. I don't know what goes yeah, on in yeah. that man's bedroom. Nor need to do I know. Now, I think I think he's fine. I think he, what what he does is um, we have the Red Sox um, minor league system is second to none. They're they're loaded. They're loaded and loaded all throughout it. And I, I just, I think he can. No, they're not. Loaded, Mike, dude. you're making. Come you're on, loaded. Dude. You, you, you called in today, high, Mike. We're gonna have to actually go, do a random test on you. <laughs> we're gonna have to do a random drug test on you, and we're sure that you're gonna fail. But there's no doubt because well, you, you took some LSD because you're hallucinating <laughs> you're about hallucinating. what the Red Sox are gonna do. They have the second best minor league system in baseball this year. I mean, and they have so many. So many prospects. It, all right, all right. Let's move on. Since you're being delusional, <laughs> we're going to talk Boston with you because that's what you love. Talk to me about the Boston Bruins. Uh, Boston Bruins this year. I think they made two small trades at the deadline, and I think it's helping the team. It's solidifying. I'm not saying that they're a Stanley Cup team, but they could go. Um, you're far in the East. You know, um, you deep on the they're, East. They're you're deep out there. Tier, second tier down. But you know what I'm, what I'm more excited about? Is that Boston Celtics? Let's talk right. about those Boston Celtics. Celtics. Oh, hey, wow. I think the Celtics could could live in Upset City this yeah. year come playoff time. 
I, I, I don't know. Did you now? I don't know if you know Jordan, um, 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 Mickey Jordan. Jordan, Jordan, Mickey. Do you know who he is? I do not know Jordan. He Mickey. was he. Oh my God! You know, last night, twenty-seven minutes, nine block shots. Jeez. <laughs> he is um, a phenom. He has a wingspan of a seven foot two inch man. Wow. He, he's a, a defensive. He, all right. Uh, the, They're the fourth in, in the Antonio's, league. Hold on, hold on, Mike. Check this out. They're fourth in the league in points per game. They put up one hundred and six points a game. They have great defense. They, they, they do. And Number they, thirteen. My, my they Bruins, put up. They give up one hundred and two a game. My, my Bruins are a third in the league scoring uh, in the NHL, but yet they have no defense. The, the, the Celtics never give up. That's what I like the most about that yeah. team. And they have the. I think they have the coach of the year in Brad Stevens, and they. I just see them consistently. Even when they were down in that Cleveland game late, they were diving for balls. They were going for it. I just, it was the way the makeup of the team, they're a fun team to watch. They're yeah. an exciting and fun team to watch. And, you know, whether or not they have that, that one piece or that two pieces that, to, that they need to uh, go to the next level, hopefully maybe with the little run that they make this year, maybe we can make it. Uh, Tim and Durant want to come to Boston. Yeah, that's right. what you need. You need. Right. I think you guys need one more piece. You got Sully. You guys got some good pieces, but you need one more piece. And as far as the coach of the year, I mean, if a team goes seventy-five and seven, it's going to be hard to to, right. to to not give their coach or coach is the coach of the year. Well, you're looking at a team that's uh, the the Celtics are on a pace right now to win fifty games. No, no, no. They win. The, there's two other yep. teams on the on the pace to beat the record to, for for the greatest records of all time. Except I have to because the Celtics I, I don't have as much talent. That. I agree. Yeah. I agree with. I'm not saying he didn't do a great job, and, and I think he's, he got sent down to the D League just about 40 minutes ago. Mike, who's that? Mickey. Yeah, but that's that's going to happen. He he comes up and down. He's very exciting though. He he shows little spurts here and there. But he he the, the coach of San Antonio's D League team said he was the best player in the D League, or the most exciting player he saw in the wow. D League this year. So now tell me this: Who do you got? Uh, what what do you got going for the for the NBA? Give me a prediction for the NBA this year. How does it play out? And give me a real no, opinion. Don't tell me that Boston's going to pull off some miracle. No, no, I think it's going to be the same repeat as last year. You think so? I and think, you think it'll be the yeah. same result? I think exact same results. Interesting. I, I don't think Golden State's going anywhere for a few years. Yeah, wow. That 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 kid can shoot, wow. and um, uh, even though LeBron is a one man record machine, the rest of his little side compartments they they all fall apart. Yeah, and, and then got, LeBron Kevin, is doing Kevin something. Love is soft. And, and LeBron is doing something now with this cryptic tweeting that I don't understand. You know, he's giving you Da Vinci Code tweets and so on and right. so forth. I don't really know, you know, if that's the, the best form of leadership for the group that he has over there, to be honest. I, I'm hoping LeBron wants to come to Boston, too. Wow. That would be and, and do what? Hang out? Go see a, go see a Red Sox game? <laughs> I, I, I'm glad we didn't get Kevin Love. He has a Southern California laid-back attitude. Uh, listen, listen, listen. That, that Whoa, we'll, we'll take no bashing of Southern California in our attic <laughs> at all in here. But, but, but you know, they we would be... We need the Paul Pierce, um, Kevin McHale, we need those type players in Boston. Oh, yeah, Paul Pierce, by the way, who's here. from Inglewood, California. Right. Uh, side note. I understand that, but he... <laughs> <laughs> Told you. And he has that mentality. He has that that mentality. Let's. Uh, Kevin McHale was from Minnesota. Larry Bird was from from Indiana. They, but those guys, it, it's the type of their work. I agree. Ethic, it comes down to your work ethic. Tell me this. Last thing we want to cover with you, Boston Mike, before we get you out of here, unless Icon's got something else for you. I want to talk about your uh, your second home down there in Miami. And and your division rivals in NFL, hey, the Dolphins just got stacked up, man. They just they just made some moves. What do you what do you think about that? You, you know, the Dolphins did the same thing last year. They were the splash last year with Dominic and Sue. That's one player Dolphins though. Coach, this year they've done they've made more than one move. I, I understand that, but it, you know, it, um, the Dolphins, it, it, it all comes. You're only it's, it's you, you, the head it comes from the head, and uh, Philbin, no, he's a no go. Yeah, you think that's you think <laughs> right, right. It's and, from the top he, down, it's gone. the wrong way, huh? And, and then the, the kid throw over after him is gone. So they're, they're not they're not good. They're not good. They're not going to be good. And they're losing they're Lamar good. Miller, right? Yeah, they're losing Lamar Miller. Yeah. And what about them losing yeah. Brent Grimes because they they released him because they said his wife was the problem? <laughs> how about that? You? <laughs> how do you feel about the, that? How would you feel if your job released you because of your wife? Yeah, the receiver there. Um, the receiver there that they have um, that uh, they just lost. It's a kid that that New England was looking at. Richard so, uh, Matthews. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like him. I like him. I thought he's a real good receiver. I thought he he'd fit. He would have fit well in Boston because he or New England. He had that. 
you know, he plays the special teams. He does all those things right. that Bill always insists everybody does. You know, but you know what? The, the Patriots did make the greatest signing this year. They signed Tom Brady. Who else signed Tom Brady this year? <laughs> but who do you have to protect Tom Brady? That's been the problem. Yeah, you know, it, it's a uh, a four-year office sheet for um, uh, the Broncos. Just get C.J. Anderson. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's a little overrated. But um, uh, that's that, why we got Dante Skardecki back. The, the greatest offensive line coach in the history of the NFL is back in New England after a, a two-year retirement. You know what? You sound like you. You sound like you run Trump's campaign. You sound like <laughs> this guy. You sound like, oh no, no, no! You no, sound no, like no. you. Are, you sound like like the version. You are the Donald Trump of Boston sports. It is everything hey, that you have is the greatest. Is the best ever created. <laughs> That's you. Well, hey, oh, oh, oh! This is the, the bastion of liberalism is here. Where, <laughs> I, I, I already know. Bernie Sanders country. I know. I mean, you're feeling Sanders the burn country. out there in New England. Yeah, Boston that's Mike, right. we're glad you called in. We love having you. You're always welcome on awesome, the Ozone. Dude. And you are a friend of the show. We love you, brother. Enjoy your day out there. What's the weather like in New England it, today? It, it's 50 and chilly. Mm-hmm. That, it's chilly for you. It's, it's, uh, I'm in my underwear. It, <laughs> it, 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 it's like a midsummer's night here. It's 50, <laughs> little overcast, rainy. This yeah, guy. I'm outside now. It's absolutely beautiful. All right, I'm brother. Open the pool. We'll catch All you right, sooner boys. than later. See you later, man. Thanks for your wrap. All right. Thank you. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, another friend of the Ozone. Uh, you know, they just keep coming. You got guys that are really opinionated. Would love to know how you guys feel about what we covered there because he's, you know, he's an interesting, very interesting person. Last thing I want to cover on the Ozone today. Which is? Uh, first, I want to give a shout out to uh, the good folks over at Ritmo Mundo. They keep the clock running, and they keep us looking good. Ladies and gentlemen, you want a nice, fine racing watch? Go pick up a Ritmo Mundo quickly. So uh, last thing I want to speak about, well, maybe not the last thing. One of the last things that I want to speak about is uh, is is this Aaron Andrews situation and this Aaron uh, Andrews settlement. It's really unfortunate what's going on. $55 million? Fifty-five million that she'll never see any of, and that's what this is. This is why I'm saying, and you know, she she got vilified. I mean, the argument that the defense made in this situation. Anybody that's not savvy to what's going on, Aaron Andrews is a star reporter for ESPN and various other channels, and so on and so forth. And some pervert followed her around and rigged up a, a peephole in her hotel room. Somehow or another, he. I, I'm going to tell you this. This is incredible. The guy follows Aaron Andrews. He stalks Aaron Andrews to the Marriott. He then in turn... How does he follow her? He, how does the stalker do anything? You know, they, they, they're like part-time private investigators. So he, he stalks her to a Marriott, finds out that she's staying there for her work. He then in turn books a room at that Marriott. Then he calls from inside the hotel and says, hey, can you send me to Aaron Andrews' room? Sends over and they're like, which room is it? And uh, and then she goes, the, the 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 girl up front tells her what room it is because she's he's calling from an inside of the of the, of the hotel. another another hotel room. Right. Finds out the number, something like eight oh nine room number, something like that. Calls, hangs up, a little ding dong ditch action, prank call style. Goes downstairs, says, hey, you know what? Eight oh nine is my favorite number. Eight oh eight is my favorite number. Do you got anything in eight oh eight? Is eight oh eight available? They say, oh sure. Sure, it's a gelato number, we'll do it. They move him over there, so he's now tricked the staff. This pervert then in turn rigs up the peephole so it works inside out or something so that he can look in on Aaron Andrews, walk around her hotel room in what she thinks is the privacy of her hotel room, naked. Then he makes a video, as if it wasn't enough for him to just do it for himself. Then he makes a video that then in turn goes viral, and Aaron Andrews has to, to be vilified as the victim now, as the victim, she's being made to look like she did something wrong because the prosecution's argument was, look at all the endorsements and all of the jobs that you procured after this whole scandal. Which has nothing Th- to do with nothing. This thing, might, this thing might actually help. This Maybe this helped your career. This is the argument that they put forward. This is how we treat victims, obvious victims in this country. Unbelievable to me. Right. Now, the only problem that I have with it is that I have a hard time blaming the hotel. 
and so did the so did the uh, so did the 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 law system because the Marriott is not on the hook. They franchise out their you know it's a franchisee, right? And it's the franchisee and the dude who are on the hook for the fifty five million, and they're supposed to be splitting it twenty seven, twenty eight, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, apparently, you know, it's a situation right. where who knows how much of that money she'll actually ever get because, you know, I, if a guy has enough time to sit around rigging up hotel room He said he's going to file bankruptcy. I bet. And even if he didn't, I bet he doesn't have a spare $30 million. <laughs> yeah, you know? but it's, it's ridiculous and it, it's not fair to the hotel. The only pervert out there is the guy who did all of that. So it's hard to jump on the Marriott for giving a guy a room there into the customer service. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but then at the same time, it, you know, Aaron Andrews is, is she was staying there thinking that it was you know all good. She probably trusts their brand and so on and so forth. Then this guy did this. What I want to know is what hotel do you stay at when you have time to play around with somebody else's peephole and nobody walks by and sees anything suspicious? Every time I'm in a hotel chain, somebody's cleaning something. Yeah. There's, there's always somebody walking up and down the hall. I mean, you know, you might get stuck outside in your underwear and you're embarrassed because it, it, there's so many people all the time. Yeah, but what kind of guys is what? What kind of time does he have to sit? around and play grab ass in the halls all day what are you doing and and what are you and, doing dude? and it's a it's a terrible situation Aaron Andrews keep your head up so what do you think about the fight that just happened Holly Holmes you know what I think Holly Holmes fought a great fight to be honest and then she, she got like a, a little champ. careless and uh she was winning the fight no right. doubt about it and I'm not really a big fan of watching women fight uh, me no. myself but uh you know she was winning the fight in my opinion and she stayed aggressive, almost maybe a little too aggressive, which is which is it was very interesting because you know what it was like? What? It was like a pitcher that gets you out on a pitch earlier in a game and then he tries to get you out on that same pitch later in the game and you make the adjustment. Because from what I saw, what happened was Misha Tate in the first round had her in that choke and Holly Holm was strong enough to pull her arm off, basically, and kind of just say, no, I'm not you're not strong enough to choke me out. Now, then it came back around later in the fight, and Holly Holm was so overconfident that she could pull her off whenever she felt like it that she didn't try to pull her off immediately. She then in turn went from the ground with the choke to standing up to dipping her all the while never trying to pull her arm off until she was already on the ground, and then she went out like a savage and just refused to tap. I was most impressed by the one-two combination that she threw when she was already knocked out. <laughs> at the air. I, I was like, wow. Misha Tate went boa constrictor. She tightened up. Well, and see, this is another example of how fights have so much to do with who makes the adjustment. Right. And and Misha Tate made the adjustment. She knew she was losing the fight. Her corner did not lie to her. Her corner told her she was losing the fight. And when she saw her opportunity, she pounced on it. And she choked her out, man. Just like a professional. It was a professional work, really. And Holly Holm knows good and well that she's, you know, she she's her game is on her feet. Because she was tattooing her on her feet. Ones and twos. Oh, my goodness. It was ugly. <laughs> now, which leads us to the, the other big fight of the night, which is the Conor McGregor and yeah. uh, Nate Diaz fight. Now, we spoke about that. I was pretty vocal about saying that I didn't see how the, the 25 pounds that he gave away on short notice and blah, 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 blah was not going to be a big deal. Guy obviously knew something. Uh, and, and, I mean, he for one, he knew that he was bigger than the other guy, <laughs> which, is, which helps you out a lot in sports. And for two, I, what I saw... I saw I saw a good bet for for Nate Diaz because I think he was plus three fifty and Conor McGregor was minus five hundred or five fifty or something like that. Did you Major, bet? I didn't bet because I've been taking my time. I've been saving my pennies to wait for baseball to mm. start. But I uh, but what I saw was Conor came out strong and he came out dropping bombs, but his version of bombs were one hundred and forty five pound bombs. And Diaz took it and he kind of got lumped up. He had some blood. But one thing I saw Nate Diaz do, and I watched the fight with Robbie Jones, Nate Diaz kept that jab out there. And he constantly peppered him with that jab. And eventually you saw Conor like, what, what is this? <laughs> Why am he I was drunk? drunk. <laughs> Why am I drunk, dude? <laughs> just like that. And then, and then, you know, he found out that he was not invincible. And uh, maybe he didn't hold the keys to the fight game. And he so got the slice of that go humble pie. You know, that's a good question. I mean, we got that Cormier-John Jones rematch coming up. Uh, uh, John Jones visually looks very confident. You know, I don't he know. Should. He should. He's a stud. And uh, I think he's the best fighter in the history of that sport. I think so too. I don't think it's smoke and mirrors. I yeah. think he's legit. I think he can he, he can take all comers more or less. Pound for pound, it's hard to beat John Jones. Right. And uh, you know where do they go from here? Because the big draw is still Ronda Rousey, 
which I don't know how she's going to bounce back, but she's going to have to fight Misha Tate. I'm hearing they're not going to fight until November. And she's already beat her twice. She's already beat her twice, and this will be a full year layoff for her. So it'll be interesting to see. She needed that recovery. Without question, because she got beat up bad. But it'll be interesting to see what the what the lights do to her when it's time to turn the lights back on. Will it energize her, and she, will she show the heart of a champion, or will she fold and melt under the lights? I think she'll fold, but how is she going to take that first punch? This is what you, this is, you won't know until yeah. November. Yeah, will she melt? We don't know. We just don't know. Well, uh, you know, folks, this has been another interesting edition with some great guests on the Ozone. We want to thank all of our sponsors, 5-4 Clothing, Ritmo Mundo, Gorilla Life, uh, and D1 Bound. Ladies and gentlemen, motivating high school athletes to be the best they can be. D1 Bound, rise and grind. It's a movement. You can get everything that they sell at D1Bound.com. And it's been a great day. We've, uh, we've had some great players in the neighborhood here. Icons, you got anything they say on a sign-off? That's it. That's it. And I want to tell you guys, this is a, a, a quote that I picked up. Anybody that's got all the time in the world is either doing something absolutely right or absolutely wrong. You figure it out. Thanks for joining us on the Ozone. We'll see you soon. <laughs>